As a Papuan Australian woman, I acknowledge that I am a settler on this land that I live, work and create on. I acknowledge there are ongoing native title cases on this land today due to the impacts of colonisation and I want to pay my respects to the many Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples of this country and to their elders past, present and emerging. Hi listeners, thanks for tuning in to part two of my conversation with Brian Fuata. Let's dive in. Okay, so what lessons do you think there are for audiences who might be coming into your studio and who would have seen some of your performances? What lessons would you hope they would take away from your work? Yeah, I I would hope... One is to kind of like, um, you know, get a sense of our potential. I mean, if we're like specifically talking to a kind of sort of like a Pacifica audience, I guess for me it would be to kind of sort of expose our community and our people to a kind of like a wide spectrum of what's possible in terms of artistic practice. And then kind of like, I remember years ago doing a um, ghost performance for, um, I think they're no longer a, a, a poet duo, but they were known as a, they were a duo, uh, Samon and I think Nguyen couple, Grace Tawila, I think her name is, yeah, and then her partner at the time. <laughs> And we were kind of sort of curated into a show and I, and and they're both like writers, like proper, proper pen to paper writers. And I did my, my ghost improvisation. And I remember afterwards they were like, we just didn't know you could do that. (laughs) (laughs) And, 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 and that's not to say, I said, and I don't want to give the false impression that like um, that these improvisations are kind of sort of like pure chaos, like it comes from a real kind of like rigorous training, believe it or not, <laughs> and 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 like a discipline of in terms of kind of sort of like holding people's attention requires a lot of kind of sort of like the theatrical tools that I learned when I was a kid, um, and so the I guess. Yeah, it's 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 to kind of sort of expand what is known as kind of, sort of contemporary Pacifica uh, art practice, and and not only that, um, uh, performance practices. Um, another thing for me has always been um, around kind of like the legitimizing, not legitimizing, but the. Exp- the, the publicity, the public expression of improvisation um, as a kind of like not only an artistic practice, but a political practice that um, energetically uh, kind of promotes this idea of unfixing what we understand to be solidly firm placed in the ground. And so these improvisation practices, which are always kind of sort of like conditioned, like a a relational, I'm wanting to kind of sort of introduce into these spaces a practice of relations and and upholding uh, an ambition to kind of like create 
artistic events that are always alive. You know, I mean, it's a struggle, and and, and some might say it's even impossible. But like uh, when I'm for, to, for for audience out there who aren't able to go um, to describe what the work is, that it's an installation of three film films that record um, improvisations that have taken between June and October of 2021. And they're situated in this like all white space that is normally as a learning center. And I and I kind of, sort of completely kind of, sort of turned it into this like pure white stage. And so the stage kind of sort of alludes to this idea of a kind of blank sheet. In my ghost performances, I refer to these kind of writing platforms. So an A4 sheet of paper or a sheet of like, you know, a bed sheet that covers my body. What am I alluding, what I am alluding to here is the idea that I'm um, <clears throat> of these <clears throat> blank canvases, these blank services, surfaces where the body or performance becomes the embodiment of text. So the performance becomes the text on these on these uh, allusions to 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 kind of like um, presentational surfaces or stages, as I like to say. So the installation is a kind of like an all white space. Um, two films that appear on the walls, and then there's a ghost sheet that then shows the third film. And and again, to reiterate, all three films are a recording of these improvisations that have taken it throughout the building. Um, and um, also then play around with the um, ideas around subtitling. So subtitling becomes, for me, because I come from a writing background, it refers to that history, but it also refers to the idea of writing as the practice that really kind of like um, that is not fixed. So if we understand traditional practices of writing, uh, say a play script, you go, okay, so this is a fixed text that can no longer be different other than from what we see from the printed uh, material. So for me, writing on these films or subtitles, um, kind of like a punt, they're kind of, there's a there's a different expression of them. So the text subtitles are not only kind of like mark what I literally say, they're also points of deviation where it also then kind of like subtitles uh, certain emotions or or notates, you know, uh, things that are happening, like physical gestures. Um, and sometimes the subtitles even refer to previous performances that are not seen in the film. So here we see language or the written word as a really complex poetic um, possibility that is not just about literally what I say. They're not, it's not, you know, it's not linear. It's actually kind of sort of open. And I guess for me, um, in terms of a lesson and what I would love for an audience to get out from that, again, is to kind of sort of see um, a different light on what writing can be um, and a different light of, of how writing can come 
And so for me here, writing this, I see it as writing, these films are writing practices. They're, it's like writing stories for me, but rather they coming from a kind of sort of like a, a cerebral or a, a brain space. They're coming from the art, their artifacts of the live presence of the body. So the body is producing this language, this word, these narratives. Um, uh, yeah, so I think these three lessons are kind of sort of like, you know, meaty lessons that I, that I specifically would love a, a Pacifica audience to kind of sort of like grab hold of and, and run, run with, um, but also just general audiences in, in general, you know. But, but yeah, but, I, but at the same time, these lessons are, are, are also riffing off stuff that we also already know in our bodies and in our cultural practices. You know, oratory practices in the islands are so kind of like, I mean, it's kind of sort of been driving, you know, our culture for millennia. So I'm also then just riffing off that as well. So I guess another kind of sort of side lesson is to, um, <clears throat> for our communities um, to sh- to also recognize that these practices aren't so far-fetched. It's, it's quite easy for a lot of our community to kind of sort of think of these kind of conceptual practices to be um, specifically a Balangi project or a white project. <clears throat> and that I also would love for, <clears throat> for us to, to see us to be thinking you know, far out thoughts that seemingly are not that far out. They're actually so so right on the tip of our tongues, right on the edge of our skin. You know, these practices aren't so kind of sort of abstract. They are actually, and also we can think kind of sort of like deeply abstract thoughts, and that we and we do that all the time. Um, I'm thinking of uh, one of the questions that I've asked in previous interviews is for the upcoming and the emerging artists or curators or whoever it is I'm speaking to at the time. Um, and I'm going to change that question a little bit. Um, what would you say to your younger self with everything that you've learnt um, about being an artist and just embracing um, your practice completely? What is some advice you might give to your younger self or the emerging artist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, specifically Pacifica. Person. Yeah. I mean, this is something... This is an ongoing life question. I'm not only saying this to my younger self, I'm saying this to my now self, which is to um, believe in yourself. It sounds like such an Oprah kind of sort of wifty wafty thing to say, but it is true. Doubt is real. Self-doubt is real. And there are, there are so, I mean, we all have our different versions of it and our different roots, different roots of it. But if I could kind of like perhaps pinpoint a specific Pacifica root for it, I would argue that there is a kind of like, um, I mean, I come from a, a strict, like a, a Catholic Samoan upbringing. And this idea, this particular flavor of Catholic shame that Samoans know how to do, <laughs> and Pacifica people, um, although that in many ways it has positive outputs, and that it does kind of sort of shape us to be respectful, and there and there and, it, and there are mirrors of it to a kind of pre-colonial, perhaps even kind of sort of like situation of rearing children. 
Um, but I, I would say that, like, you know, that shame does have, you know, powerful effects that affect us as, as capable human beings. And in the context of uh, Pacifica art practice, um, that shame often kind of like rears its ugly head in moments of crisis that 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 do that do kind of sort of stunt the creative process and and actually just creation action. Um, so self doubt is real. Self doubt is real, and 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 um, and particularly when I think for Pacifica audiences. Um, there is an acculturation of ma of shame that of like and you don't want to like sh- be a fear boko or like you know shine in this way and i and i think there is a you know a movement uh, a self love movement that's happening in particular to within kind of sort of bipoc um uh communities and and i and, I, and it feels like I'm, it's getting better but um but that 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 is debilitating at times, and I and I and I hope that there are support systems out there that really do kind of sort of genuinely kind of like support um, the belief in in our community, uh, and as as you know, not only just makers, but like you know, the top of what we do, the top of our craft. And 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 feel that we deserve to be there, you know. Um, so there's that. There's also um, to maintain focus. I think focus is really important. And again, these are life lessons. Like I'm still kind of like, oh god, I need to get back on it, right? And. And we're we're always kind of sort of learning new systems of organization and and stopping procrastination from happening. And um, but like yeah, discipline is really important. And 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 to, and that also includes when to take a break and when to kind of sort of give yourself relief and like stop putting so much pressure on yourself. That is also part of the kind of sort of like a healthy consciousness of of discipline. Discipline also knows when you need to party and and take a breath. Um, I think, yeah, I think in terms of kind of like there's that and and actually also, yeah, this is not to my younger self. This is just to all artists practicing and and to is to expose yourself to a wide wide range of thoughts of and disciplines as well not just not just to artistic practice but look at political politics read up on like social theory um play sport like you know be also in your body and be physical i think that's also really important too um yeah a kind of like a full roundedness of 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 education and i and i don't mean kind of sort of specifically academia i mean like talanoa practices where we are also producing knowledge and disseminating knowledge and knowledge again comes in many ways sometimes it's even not language based sometimes it's feeling sometimes it's sensorial sometimes it's experiential sometimes it's like you know eating the food that you've never eaten before like these are all forms of like knowledge production 
which then reminds me of like um, speaking about like, you know, Balangi art systems um, years ago, this is in relation to back to kind of sort of relating to this idea of kind of sort of like conceptual art practices that I think often, um, you know, is ignored within our kind of sort of like Pacifica community. We always think that we have to kind of sort of like um, our, our work has to be apparent straight away. We have to get it straight away. Oh, no, that's about top of cloth. Oh, that's a full show. You know, and we're not, we're ne- we never, I don't think we're allowed uh, also by a, a larger kind of sort of Balangi political structure to be something else within, you know, still with riffing off, you know, you're not allowed to be punk, right, or whatever, you know. And um, so I was thinking years ago, I was kind of sort of thinking about what, what that means, you know, as a, as a Pacifica uh, and, you know, someone artist kind of sort of like thinking outside of the box um and then i sent out an email to kind of sort of like a few islander friends and then we formed this group called reading oceania and so reading oceania is a talanoa is a discurse discursive practice we meet kind of sort of like once every six weeks and from everywhere around the country, it's always online, it's on Zoom, especially through COVID, and also even internationally, like New Zealand and also on the islands, and sometimes kind of, sort of like, you know, US-based people. And we discuss knowledge, and knowledge can come through kind of analysing a poem, it can be an academic text or a newspaper article to a Beyonce film clip, like... It's it's Dalanoa. And so I think that's another important thing for our community. Um, and well, you know, our younger selves and our new old selves were always, you know, uh, that's that's something to kind of sort of be conscious of and, and something to promote. Yeah, I've um I've actually been following reading Oceania for a couple of years now. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually one of the highlights of my day when I see all the posts that um come through and are like pinned to the top of the page. It's yeah, it's it's just yeah, I can't really describe why I love it so much, but yeah, it's just heartwarming. It's heartwarming, huh? It's yeah. so great. It's and 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 again, in terms of a kind of like educational or pedagogical kind of like event, this it's just like just fobs hanging out and 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 it's amazing how each of our personal experiences, although it may not be relevant to what's been to the thing that's being discussed. <laughs> There's no judgment, right, of what we don't we know and what we don't know. And our lived experience becomes the guiding light from where we then analyze this thing. Uh, you know, this topic or whatever the text is that's up for uh, conversation. But but yeah, so yeah, so 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 going back to this idea of like um you know what what we should do as what we say to our what the question was to around to our younger or older selves you know it's it is it is to kind of sort of maintain the vigilance of uh reading practices knowledge practices um and that also includes talking to i i've been really unfortunate that i uh, my both my parents have passed away and so these were libraries 
It's also really important to think about family as repositories of culture and history and knowledge. And so I, I am unfortunate that like both my parents have passed away, so there's no way that I can kind of sort of access that. And, and speaking of which, you know, um, an aunt passed away too, who was perhaps you know, one of my closest out of all of my mum's siblings. And at her memorial service, there was like a, you know, a montage of, you know, her life. And there was a photograph of her uh, weaving baskets. And everyone was like, auntie knew how to weave. <laughs> and so I guess in terms of, of, you know, promoting this idea of education, I think, you know, these relations are also really kind of sort of like an important um, avenue of, of um, betterment and how we better ourselves is through learning and, and these these you know we've got like repositories of history just just right next to us that we don't often that it's easy to forget because we're like you're the one that hit me in sunday school (laughs) (laughs) you didn't give me pudding i hate you <laughs> but yeah, it's profound how much history there is that that you know we as family members don't realize is there. And so, like, and this auntie in particular, we were like they they belong to the uh, whole family that were were, um, you know, for good or worse, were kind of sort of outwardly, um, you know, assimilated to Balangi culture. And um, and so to see then this picture of their matriarch in the islands weaving these baskets, and so there's just this profound ancestral connection to the hand, and you're like, wow, that was that was just in Logan City, that was just in Kingston, you know. Pair that up with bell hooks, then you're on, you're set. <laughs> <laughs> Albert went like you know there's just so many again I guess I guess my point is um that I'm I'm repeating is is that um as artists as Pacifica artists I think we need to kind of sort of really load ourselves up with experiences and that these experiences are all avenues leading us to some kind of truth if we understand knowledge to be truth seeking um, and 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 these uh, repositories of knowledge can come in many forms, and 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 um, it's good to remember that family is that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've pretty much answered most of my questions. The only question that I have left for you mm. is, what is next for you? What is up and coming for Brian Fuata in 2022? Oh, uh, well, Latai uh, Damabel Owl, who's a Tongan Australian artist, uh, he was also an APT in uh, the last edition. And um, we are curating um, a performance exhibition for the Art Gallery in New South Wales. Um, and it's called Monumental Working Title. And it's around the idea of performance as the materiality to critique the colonial concept of monu- the monument. 
So we see, you know, the normally kind of Captain Cook kind of sort of statues. And and this was kind of sort of in, in relation to the 150th birthday of Art Gallery New South Wales. And so when we were uh, invited to kind of sort of put an event on, we were like, how do we celebrate this like Balai institution that is so responsible for colonisation? <laughs> Uh, while also not kind of sort of like biting the hand that is feeding us, like you know, you know, putting 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 food on the table for us. So we thought that like a, a critical way to respond to that, uh, particularly as as uh, Brown Pacifica artists coming from this performance background, was to um, organise a two day event of um, artists from different types of performance practices and from different generations. So you've got like uh, the new generation of House of Slave, who is, uh, you know, the mother of the house is amazing, uh, Filipina and Australian Vogue and choreographer dance genius Benji Ra, and then a whole cohort of uh, Brown Pacifica uh, queer, trans, uh, voguers, um, and also thinkers, critical thinkers, they're amazing, uh, to, um, you know, who else is there, like, this Rikini Debbie, who's this amazing, she's like an auntie of uh, performance art, Indian, Australian, and does lots of riffing off kind of sort of Indian mythologies. Anyways, so that's 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 coming up in um, in April, and then fingers crossed. Should should COVID let me go, uh, I'll be going to Finland. Uh, uh, I last year won uh, a big international art prize in performance. Um, and the prize was some money, and then also to to feature in the uh, the Finland Performance Art Festival, which is known as uh, Anti Festival in in a, in a city called Kupio in Finland. So that will be in September. So I leave uh, hopefully in July for a couple of months to kind of reside and kind of sort of gather the uh, my improvisation, what I'm going to riff off. And then, and then it'll open on September. Yeah. So these are the two kind of sort of projects, kind of sort of pressing on my temples. Um, other than that, just kind of sort of like um, you know, keeping my head above water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Those projects are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Especially 150 years. Yeah. Like you said, like how do you call them out, but also. But also. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're it's hard. And and yeah, how to how to like yeah, shine the mirror mm. to on them to them and go. This is has what has the colonial project has produced, and this is what's capable. You know, how can we kind of, and it's also, this is going into the fact that the, the gallery is going into, is like a big rebuild and uh, it's going into a place called Sydney Modern or something. So they're, they're also kind of sort of shifting out into a, you know, a new vision of themselves. And so the Thai and I, our project is is a really kind of sort of interesting um, artistic bridge into, you know, the possibilities of, of, how state institutions can move forward with this new kind of political consciousness. Mm. Yeah, mm. Wow. Mm. Mm. 
And also, I'm coming up to, to Brisbane for April, to the last weekend for the doing my last ghost performance. So, so yeah. listeners out there, please come to that. Yes, listeners, if you are local to Brisbane or if you are going to be in the area from the 23rd to the 24th of April, please come along to our closing weekend festival. We have a range of public programs and they are also family friendly, so bring everybody along. The closing weekend festival is being held at the Queensland Art Gallery and the Gallery of Modern Art at Stanley Place in South Brisbane. And it's going to be such a fun weekend. You will also be able to see Brian perform for the last time for this exhibition. And on that note, I want to send another thank you to Brian for providing such generous insight into his practice and for being one of the most engaging speakers I've had the pleasure of interviewing. As we mentioned, if you aren't already following Reading Oceania, be sure to like and follow the page on Facebook. Catch us next time or at the closing weekend. This is Stories from APT10.